0: Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Stop Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. I'm Daniel gumby Freeland, joined as always by my co-host Shockwave Dave Tremonte. the UFC heading to Brazil, Brazil, this weekend for an exciting main event between Kevin Lee and Charles Oliveira. I'm super excited about the fight, and we will be breaking down that fight as well as two other of our favorite fights on the card as far as our fights dogs and parlay section where we will give you an underdog in a parlay that you should consider playing this weekend. Plus I'm going to be interviewing two of the fighters on the card. First I'm going to be talking to Johnny Walker about his move up to TriStar Gym and how that's been going and I'll be talking about to Hani Yeya about his upcoming fight uh And and let me tell you something. He's got some interesting things to say about steroids as well. So a really interesting interview. Make sure to check out both of those. And if you didn't get a chance to yet, make sure you go back to our bonus episode earlier this week where we talked to Hanato Moicano and Gilbert Burns as well. Now, before I get to any of that great content, I gotta remind you that this episode is brought to you by Battle Clan Gear. Visit BattleClangear.com and use promo code TurtleUp10 for 10% off your whole order. I'm a huge fan of Battle Clan Gear, and not just because of the way it looks and feels, which is obviously great, it's phenomenal gear, but also because the company is something that stands for something. And I and I really believe in supporting people who are good people and who who support the types of things that you do. And these are two people who love the idea of trusting your gym and believing in the clan that is your gym. So these two guys met, completely different people, but the sport of MMA brought them together. I love the concept. I love the company. You should check them out at BattleClanGear.com and use promo code TURTLEUP10. BattleClanGear brings you this episode of the Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. This is Daniel Gumby, Freeman with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Johnny Walker, who fights Nikita Krylov at UFC Brasilia on March 14th. So, Johnny, I, I see on social media that you've been working up at TriStar. What do you feel has been the biggest difference that you've seen in your training since moving up there?
1: Yeah, has helping me to, to to fix, try to fix my, my holes in my game. I have, I have holes, and to be perfect, I have to train a lot. And he helped me to improve myself, improve my skills, help on the grounds game, uh, on standard game, with my guards more up and everything. I, I, I see my I, – I improved a lot, but I know he has so, so many things to, to teach me, so I, have, I need more time to, to learn there. So I'll be back there soon.
0: And you mentioned holes there. What are some of the holes that you said you had? What was, like, one thing in particular?
1: It's not like holes. Everybody have have imperfect game. Like something wrong in that game. Like George, George, why George have been such a nice champion for so long? Because he have less holes than other person. So I just have to to, to tap these holes in my game. Then I can be a perfect champion like George. I can follow his steps, you know.
0: Now you're kind of known for your, your, your sort of crazy style. Are, are we still gonna see some of that or is, or is this part of the training is toning it all back and using a little bit less of that?
1: Yeah of course you're gonna see uh, the better version of me always every fight are gonna be you're gonna see the better version version of me because I always improve myself I always learn I, la- I always try to learn more to improve myself to get better. So 100%, after every fight, you're gonna see the better version of John Walker.
0: And let's talk about the reason that you went there in the first place. Was it was it just the loss, or did you see some sort of bigger, more important reason to move to TriStar?
1: I searched for something more, something better. I, I, I wanna be a good fighter, better fighter than before. So every change that I made in my career, in my life, should be better. So I need good people around me. I, if I want to be the best, I have to train with the best. So I just chose Trista because because does a good coach. They have a good history with George. And I know I have a lot to learn from them. And I just make the chance to make me better, better version of myself. You know.
0: Now, it seems like in these answers you're mentioning George quite a bit. Now, is he the main guy that you're training with while you're up there? Or are, are there other people that you're training with too?
1: George train. In two, two months, he, he trained sometimes with me, and every time he gave me a lot of attention, helped me to, with some advice, some positions, and he really a nice guy. But I trained with him less than other guys. I trained with Java. He's, he's got really strong and very heavy, like heavyweight. He's Olympic level. He went in two Olympic times in judo. He he's really good judo guy, and I train with Mustafa. He's a wrestler, really good wrestler as well, and Olympic level, and another guys as well. So they are my main partner when I was there.
0: Now, is the the choice to work with a, a judoka and a wrestler here because you're fighting Krylov, who who has you know a, a pretty good ground game, or is was there another reason for it? No,
1: because. They are the best fight they have there. They are good Wesley and good judo guys, but the 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 judo guy is really good stand up as well. So I just mentioned the the biggest guy that they have there to train. And my focus, I was to train everything. I have to improve myself in every martial arts like judo, wrestling, jiu jitsu, muay thai. I train with two two really good Muay Thai fighters from, no Muay Thai, K1 fighters from, from, from Canada. They, they helped me a lot. Uh, I just don't, remember, don't remember their name, but I have so many good partners there.
0: Well, that's awesome to hear. Now, now let's talk about the fight a little bit as well. How excited are you to get the opportunity to fight in Brazil again?
1: Brazil is always excited to fight because the public is so nice. Everybody gives so much energy on the fight, you know, on the fight week. Everybody's a huge fan of MMA. And my mom going to be on my fight. he, he going to watch my fight in UFC for the first time in life. You know, She's going to be there. She's going to fight the day of the fight. She's she going to be there. This is going to give me so much more energy. I'm really proud of myself. And I'm going to show her why she put me on the world to beat another man.
0: That's awesome. Do you think she's going to be nervous watching you? Uh, I don't think so because she made me. She
1: know who I am. She knows what I can do. I think she's going to be really, of course, excited, but she's not going to be nervous because she knows my power. She know my what I can do. And she made me, so she trusts me.
0: Well, that's certainly good. Now, let, let's discuss what it is that you can do. I like to end these usually with a prediction – how do you see this
1: fight going with Krylov? Uh, my prediction is probably gonna submit him or knock him out. In the, I have no idea when. I, I'm horrible with prediction things, you know. I know I'm gonna win, and I hope I'm gonna win. I, I, I can't tell I can't. I can't see the future. No, I'm ready to fight. I'm. I'm really healthy. I'm strong. I have good conditioning, and. Good mind, no problems in my life right now. You know, my mind is, is empty. I just think about fights. I'm losing weight, good. I have no injury, so why? Why I cannot? Why? How, how can I lose? I can lose. I, I don't accept to lose. i gonna beat this guy. I'm ready to beat him. You know, I'm dressing myself and I just want my hands up and the to stop the fight. You know, I don't want to let that, my fight for the referee hands and I'm 100% am going to finish this fight doesn't matter the first, the second, the third I'm going to finish this fight I want to finish this fight I will finish this fight
0: Well you heard it here first folks Daniel Gumby Freeland here talking with Johnny Walker Johnny fights Nikita Krylov On March 14th at UFC in Brasilia Johnny thank you so much for the time man We really appreciate it
1: I really appreciate your time too my friend Thank you very much God bless you Take
0: care This is Daniel Gumby, Vreeland, with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Haniyea, who fights Enrique Barzola at UFC in Brasilia on March 14th. So, you know, Hani, it has been about a year, or a little over a year, rather, that we have seen you, or since we've seen you, in the cage. What was the reason for such a long layoff, and are you ready to go now?
2: Yeah, I went through a shoulder surgery, Last year, after my last fight, and I spent most of last year recovering and getting ready to return. I was, I was ready to, re- to return uh, to the Octagon in December, but the UFC uh, uh, preferred to wait a few more months to put me on the Brasilia card, which is my hometown.
0: And I was going to ask you later, too. You know, you're you're getting to fight in Brasilia. It's been three years since you fought in Brazil at all. How, how special is it to get that chance?
2: It's very, very special. It's my hometown. It is my birth town. And it is, like I said, I had a long layoff. And I've been... Being, I, it's been too much expectation for me, for myself, to return, you know. It's a dream for me to return in the octagon, you know. Since my last fight, I've been mentalizing so much the day I would return. And then, coincidentally, or for a reason, uh, my return happened to be in my hometown. So I'm very, very happy.
0: And, and you said you were, you were, you know, visualizing your return. You said you were ready in December, how long were you able to train before you, you felt ready? Like, have you been able to train, you know, for four or six months? Or or is this something that you have just begun training again in, like, November or something?
2: No. Uh, uh, everything happened very gradually, you know, my my recovery. I didn't train at all for, like, a couple of months. Then I started to do uh, physical therapy little by little. And then uh, in the physical therapy... Uh, uh, I started to introduce to introduce some of boxing and jiu jitsu moves little by little, and then I started to do jiu jitsu and MMA. Uh, I had a, a, the the medical team who was helping me. Uh, they suggested me to do a few grappling tournaments, which I did just to. Raise my confidence, you know, in in my shoulder, where which I had the surgery, so it was all gradually, you know. So I've been training for like uh, uh, I will say for like six months, but like in the very high level, like uh, 100% for like four months.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Now, you said you did some grappling tournaments. Did it feel nice to go back to sort of what what was your roots because you know, you're in Abu Dhabi. You know, gold medalist from from before. It did it feel good to get back to grappling?
2: Yes, feel very good. I love grappling. You know, it, uh it, it, grappling was like a, I began jiu jujitsu, but on the transition for me to start doing MMA grappling and no big tournaments was a big part of the of what I was doing, and I love. You know, if I. Someday, when I stop fighting, retire from, from MMA, I want to do grappling tournaments because I love competing, so it's something that I still want to do. It.
0: And you mentioned retiring from MMA. It seems like an interesting thing out of your mouth because you've been fighting in the UFC for almost a decade. You've been fighting for you know 15 years or so in total. How do you look back at all that time and do you feel like you're coming to the end of your career?
2: yeah um you know I feel very good now I feel that I'm using the experience in uh, in my favor you know I feel that uh, I train every time more and more consciously I I have a much healthier lifestyle you know um, I'm able to involve a, a a lot more than i than I was younger than uh, than ten years ago, for example. Of course, I don't have the same energy this I might not have the same strength, but uh, i I feel that I'm able to compensate that this experience, you know and uh, and mindset as well, because every day now, it's fun for me, I can make a fun day of training for me where I can learn, I can improve, I can do my very best in training. So I feel that I can do that for a few more years. Yeah.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Now you said it too, that you know you you feel maybe less strong than you were in your youth, which makes a lot of sense. Do you feel like the, the average fighter has become stronger too? Because it, it seems like to me from when you started to now, it seems like there's probably a pretty big difference in the strength of the guys you're fighting.
2: You know what? Uh, before, like 10 years ago, for example, there was no Zada. I was competing the same level that I, that I, I have been competing. There was no Zada. And you, you probably remember that not not that long ago, like maybe six, seven years ago, there was a steroid epidemic in, in our sport. So I could feel the guys a lot more stronger, you know. I think the the fighters who are beginning their career, they, they now have a, another approach to the sport. They're they already being educated that they will not be able to use steroids because, because of uh, the UFC. Most of of the fighters' goals is to reach the UFC. So it, it changed a lot. You changed change the sport, change the game, you know. So, uh, it's uh, strength-wise, what I what I was saying is more like energy. You know, I uh before when I was 20, uh, 25, for example, I would be able to train like three times a day, like do crazy sparring, get hit on the head a lot, and then the next day do not feel sore or anything like that and be ready to do it again. So I did a lot of crazy crazy stuff when I was a lot younger, which I don't do now, of course. Uh, so I was referring more that way, you know. Nowadays, I train less, but with a lot more quality, you know. I look for quality in my training, you know. I look for trainings, not the amount of trainings, not the, the quantity of trainings that I will do in a day, but for quality, you know, for, for more training that I can give my very best.
0: Interesting, and, and I do want to mention too. You know, I want to go back to that point you said about USADA coming and cleaning up the sport because, you know, th- this is really interesting to me. Do you feel like you know the the earlier part of your career you would have been more successful had USADA been around?
2: Well, man, I I, I don't I don't really like you know to to say if this if that. I think the worst thing that a person can do is say the word if you know because it will never happen and back in the day you it it was it it is what it is you know uh it was part of the evolution of the game spite of the game evolving so i mean it could have been but you know um uh, uh, you know i I don't want to use that as, uh, as an excuse I rather believe that I can still achieve my goals, that I can still achieve my dreams. I'm still in this game because I believe that I can become a champion. That's the only reason. I mean, I'm not here to win a few fights. And no, uh, I think we have to think big. You know, we have to dream big. And I feel, I really believe in my heart that I can become the champion. So I'm gonna do everything in my reach to. To to do it, you know.
0: Absolutely, and well, the first step in, in reaching that goal is going to be in Ike Barzola coming up on March 14th. So, you know, you're you're a really humble guy. I can't imagine that I get a prediction out of you, but let, let's ask: What do you think about the matchup, and what do you think about Barzola as an opponent?
2: Well, the prediction that I can give is that I'm going to win this this fight. Mm-hmm. The, uh that's the prediction <laughs> i can't still humble and say that you know <laughs> i'm gonna yeah uh, i'm gonna win this fight i'm gonna have my arm raised at the end and i'm very confident that i'm gonna perform at my very best you know i know it's kind of cliche to say that i have the best training camp of my life or things like that you no know? but uh I'm going to say that I had an excellent training camp. Like I said, my training camp began uh, right after my last fight. You know, I had to go through surgery, but I I was already thinking about about my return to the octagon, you know. So I was doing everything right, you know, since then. Uh, And then, you know, uh, everything went great in this camp. So I'm very confident going to perform at night very best. And Barsola, I man, he's a, I mean, he's a warrior. He's a guy who has good condition. His conditioning is his main thing. Uh, technique wise he, he got the stuff he likes to do, but he's not very impressive at all. His technique, you know, he doesn't really finish fights. So uh, that's, I think, is, is like the main thing between me and him, you know, it, because I finish fight and he doesn't finish fight, so uh, usually the danger guy, the dangerous guy, always wins.
0: Well, we're looking forward to seeing you back in there after a year off. Once again, fans, this was Hani Yeah who fights and Barzola at UFC in Brasilia on March 14th. Honey, thank you so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Man. Thank you. And those interviews with Johnny Walker and Yeya are brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. They've got 35 different martial arts that you are able to track your progress through. It does all kinds of things, including setting up a profile where you can list your home gym and your belt level. You can log training sessions, which helps you make notes and stay on top of how often you're training. You can log competitions and weigh-ins all kinds of other things, I highly suggest checking them out wherever it is you download apps, Maroon Social. Now, I'm Daniel Gumby-Freeland, joined as always by my co-host, Shockwave Dave Tremonti. Dave, Johnny Walker at TriStar MMA. What about that excites you most?
3: So many things excite me about Johnny Walker being a TriStar. Obviously, Johnny Walker coming off a loss, and maybe at a bit of a crossroads in his mind, Uh, obviously a very high prospect, looks so dominant early in the UFC, reeling off four straight wins, three via finish. Uh, And I guess he felt like he needed to touch some things up, maybe tighten up his striking, not just rely on power per se. Uh, And where better a place to go than uh, Faraz motherfucking Zahabi. He he went to the right coach, and that's exciting when you get that – right coach with the right potential athlete that they can you know mold out of clay so to speak
0: yeah and I I loved him talking about working with GSP and working with you know not just GSP but working with like you know high-level kickboxers and high-level Muay Thai guys up there like he is clearly soaking in everything that TriStar has to offer and and when you have an athlete that good and now is getting that high of level of coaching I mean you you have to be excited about it uh
3: I'm excited and I'm Even more excited, potentially, by our favorite segment on the show, Fights, Dogs, Parlays. We're breaking down a few fights, giving you a dog you might want to play, and giving you a parlay to play at UFC Brasilia this weekend. But before we get into zombie fights, dogs, and parlays, UFC Brasilia, one may wonder if any company sponsors this segment.
0: Well, of course this segment is brought to you by Battle Clan Gear. Visit battleclangear.com. Make sure to use promo code TurtleUp10 that's T U R T L E U P 1 for 10% off your whole order no matter what you get whether it's a t-shirt, rash guard, spats or just other general apparel. Make sure to check out their whole lines at battleclangear.com.
3: This is a sneaky good card with a lot of good fights on it, and I'm very excited by our main event. The odds are very close on it because it's a very close fight. You have Kevin Lee at minus 145, taking on Charles Oliveira, just a slight dog, a slight dog, I tell you, at plus 125. Kevin Lee coming off one of the most the v- the v- violent head kicks we've ever seen. Knocked out Gregor Gillespie cold back at UFC 244 in November. Lost to Rafael Dos Anjos via arm triangle before that. Lost to Ally Aquinta before that. So his career was hitting the skids, but he knocks out Gregor Gillespie with a vicious head kick. Comes back here in a main event and a win over Charles Oliveira. Um, you know, I, I think that would really make a statement that he's here to stay at the top of the division. I always go back to the fact that this man fought for the title against Tony Ferguson, an interim title that that, that was. But he was, uh, suffering from staph infection that week and, you know, looked good in the first round and then tired. So I'm very interested to one day potentially see Kevin Lee back at the top of the division in title contention and hopefully not with a staph infection. Let's talk about Charles Oliveira because he is on a very nice win streak. Since losing to Paul Felder back in December of 2017, he's reeled off six wins in a row. Wins over Clay Guida via submission, win over Christos Gaigos via rear naked choke. Win over Jim Miller via Rear Naked Choke. Win over David Timor via Anaconda Choke. Four subs in a row. And then he follows it up with a win over Nick Lentz via TKO last May. And then coming off a big KO of Jared Gordon in November. This man is on Fuego who you got.
0: Uh, I'm going with Kevin Lee here. And and this is actually a a segue that I didn't think we had off of that interview and into this segment because – do you remember what Kevin Lee did to get that turnaround in his career when he hit those crossroads? He went to TriStar. Uh, oh,
3: went, there you went, go. He
0: went to TriStar, and as a result, he went off of his skid, completely changed his game around, his kickboxing looked better, and he was able to knock Gregor Gillespie's uh, teeth into the third row. So, like, it is a perfect, perfect place for somebody like him who is is sometimes just not had the guidance, but clearly has the physical skills, right? Like we saw in that title fight with Tony Ferguson that he had the ability to dominate Tony Ferguson in certain aspects of the game. And whether you want to blame it on the staff or the fact that he overexerted himself early, he tired. And and now he is training with people who are going to put him in the best position to use those physical gifts all the time. And I think we saw the outcome in that fight because I would have never picked him to beat Gregor Gillespie in a hundred years uh, before that fight happened. So now when I see him fighting somebody like Charles Oliveira, uh, again, Charles Oliveira, very good boxing as well as good jiu-jitsu, but I just don't imagine he is going to be in an advantageous position to submit Kevin Lee. And as a result, like, it's hard to see a good path to victory for Charles Oliveira, right? Like, is he going to outbox him? Yeah, he might outbox him and outpoint him, but not for five min- or five rounds, right? You know, not for 25 minutes. So I, I see a lot of different paths to victory here for Kevin Lee and not a whole lot for Charles Oliveira. So I- I'm going to lean Kevin Lee here, and I like that the odds are close. It- it's definitely a playable line for him.
3: Yeah, I'm going Kevin Lee myself, and you, of course, can follow along with our picks each week uh, on Flow Combat, various social media, IG, Twitter, Flow Combat has it all, everywhere you'd expect. Uh, I, myself, am going with Kevin Lee for a lot of the same reasons you said. I don't think Charles Olivier is going to sub Kevin Lee unless it gets into, like, the fourth round and he tires or we find out he's on antibiotics from another staff infection. I just don't see... The jiu-jitsu coming into play here. Let's save that quote if Charles Oliveira subs him this weekend and you can play it and make fun of me. But I just don't see that coming into play. I think it'll be largely a stand-up affair for the most part. Maybe Kevin Lee can grind out Charles Oliveira with his wrestling, uh, tire him out up against the cage. He's definitely the stronger of the two. And for that reason, I like Kevin Lee here uh, to take, you know, three out of, let's say, five rounds. Gilbert Burns is a minus 210 favorite, and he is facing jiu-jitsu specialist damian maya uh gilbert burns is on a nice win streak himself after losing to dan hooker no shame in that back in july of 2018 he's reeled off four wins in a row three by unanimous decision one with a rear naked choke off of mike davis but he's coming off a big win over Gunnar nelson uh via unanimous decision and damian maya is coming off a very fun fight against Ben Askren where he was able to get a rear naked choke in the third round. He beat Anthony Rocco Martin before that uh, via majority decision. And he beat Lyman good before that via rear naked choke. So he's on a three fight win streak since losing to Kamaru Usman. And he lost back to back to Kamaru Usman, Colby Covington, and Tyron Woodley, really the three people at the top of the 170 division for about the past year and a half. Uh, So no shame there. Loses three in a row, loses the title fight, comes back with three wins. Lyman Good, Anthony Rocco Martin, Ben Askren. Will Gilbert Burns be a fourth one in a row for Damian Maya?
0: I'm gonna say no, but but the amount of times I've picked against Damian Maya is beginning to alarm me uh, because I, I think I've picked against him every time he's lost and picked for him every time he's won. So if I'm picking Gilbert Burns here, I, I you can probably safely bet on Damian Maya. Uh, but like Damian Maya's game. Has translated well against those people that we mentioned. You know, you mentioned that you know he had lost three in a row to Kamar Usman, Colby Covington, and Tyrone Woodley. And what do those three men have in common? Those three men are not only big, powerful wrestler types, but they're also very sound defensively on the ground. Right now, a lot of them didn't make it to the ground because their wrestling is so good. Right, like Colby Covington, you know, stayed away from it. You know, Kamar Usman stayed away from it. I tend to believe that Gilbert Burns can stay away from it and if he wants. And more importantly, I think if he chooses to grapple, I think he could handle himself there, right? Like Gilbert Burns is no slouch on the ground either. And when you look at these people on Damian Maia's list mm-hmm. right now, uh, as far as his like, you know, four fight or three fight win streak goes, you know, Lyman good, not a killer on the mat. You know, Anthony Rocco Martin, certainly good, but not a killer on the mat. Ben Askren, really good at takedowns, but, you know, proved he is not in the same ballpark as far as jiu-jitsu goes. So, you know, the fact that he's going up against a guy who I think can hold his own on the mat and a guy who punches about 950 times harder than he does, you know, this fight's going to start on the feet. I'm having a tough time imagining Damian Maya doing his regular, you know, dominance on the ground against a jiu-jitsu black belt like Gilbert Burns. So as a result, I'm going to go with Burns here, and I think he might knock him out too.
3: Wow. I mean, I can certainly see it. Uh, Burns has never been submitted, but plenty of people have never been submitted until going up against Damian Maya. Clearly the key to victory with Maya is getting Burns to the ground and taking his back. And I guess it comes to that question of how confident are you that Maya can get Burns to the ground and let's say take his back or work his sub game uh yeah that's 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 a tough day at the office so
0: i also lean burns
3: but fuck man it's damian maya you never know what you never know
0: yeah and it's worth noting too that gilbert burns has not been taken down um since jason sago did in 2017 so like and granted Mm. again he hasn't faced a ton of guys who are super good at wrestling I mean, Gunnar Nelson's in there. Gunnar Nelson didn't get him down. Olivier Alban mercier didn't get him down. Alexey Kuchenko didn't get him down. Like, there are some people who might have tried to get him down in there that have not. Uh, and the fact that he hasn't been taken down in, you know, almost three years seems pretty important here.
3: All right. We will move on to friend of the show and our guest, Fight. It's Johnny Walker, a minus 140 favorite versus Nikita Krylov. We've already spoken about Walker off the loss to Corey Anderson via TKO back in November. Reeled off a ton of wins before that. Looked like the camp miss prospect of the division, but ran into a surging Corey Anderson potentially at the wrong time. Now at TriStar. Uh, could just be a hiccup in what's still a very promising uh, career. Krylov's coming off a split decision loss to Glover Teixeira. Beethoven Saint Prove via rear naked choke before that. Lost to Young Blanckovitz via arm triangle choke before that. And in Fight Night Global, reeled off a couple of wins when he was out of the UFC. Uh, bottom
0: line, he is
3: one and two since returning to the UFC in 2018. Who you got?
0: I'm going with Johnny Walker. A, I love the switch to TriStar. I think it's a good switch for him. And B, I, I you know I've just seen. Nikita Kryloff struggle with a lot of people on the feet. And when he gets to the ground, he makes a lot of silly mistakes. And, and that's not to say that Johnny Walker is a killer on the mat by any stretch of the imagination. But if it does hit the mat, I like Johnny Walker's ability to get up here. Um, and the fact that he's athletic and he he's creative on the feet, I, I think makes it harder for for Nikita Krylov to get to the ground. And I actually think that's what he should try to do. Um, but if he's not able to do that, like, you know, standing and training with Johnny Walker Look, look he, he couldn't stand and trade really with Glover Teixeira, who at this point in time is like 40 years old and certainly his best days are behind him. So I don't like Nikita Krylov's chances of uh, doing that to Johnny Walker. I, I'm really confident in Johnny Walker at minus 140, despite the fact that he is coming off of, you know, a tough knockout against a guy like Corey Anderson.
3: Fair enough. I'm not going to argue with that. I too am leaning for Johnny Walker or leaning towards Johnny Walker our dog of the week is Honey 150 against Enrique Barzola. Why?
0: Uh, I love Honey for this main reason. So, first of all, he's an incredible submission specialist. I think a lot of people forget how good he is on the ground. This guy's an Abu Dhabi uh, champion. Granted, it was quite a long time ago. He did it in 2007, which was when I was still in high school, um, which is, you know, Long enough ago that we, we maybe should forget it, but this is a guy with 20 submissions on his record. And he's fighting a guy who pretty much relies on his takedowns to win decisions. Uh, and, and it just doesn't seem possible that, that Enrique Barzola is going to go to the mat with Hani Yaya that many times and get submissions. Not to mention, th- this is a fun fact for you, Dave. Let, let me ask you this question. If I told you in roughly the last five years, it's a little over five years, but roughly the last five years, Haniella has had nine fights. So almost two a year for the last five years. What would you guess his record is? Uh, I don't know. Tell me. Seven and two. He's seven and two. He is seven and two in that time with only a decision loss to Ricky Simon and a decision loss to Joe Soto, both of who were in the top 15 at the time. He has submitted Luke Sanders with a heel hook. He submitted Russell Doan with an arm triangle. He submitted Henry Baronis with a Kimura. He submitted Matthew Lopez with an arm triangle choke. He submitted Johnny Bedford with a Kimura. There are five submission wins in that nine-fight stretch, which is pretty freaking amazing. And when you talk about the fact that he's fighting a guy who needs to take it to the mat to win, I, I just think that playing him at a plus 150 dog here is a slam dunk.
3: All right. Well, hopefully our parlay to play this week is a slam dunk as well. It's Hanato Moicano, minus 325 favorite. Pair him together with Johnny Walker, a minus 140 favorite as well. You get plus 124 odds on it. Why do we like it?
0: So I I like Johnny Walker for all the reasons I told you before. You know, I think he's creative enough and Kroilov is not going to be able to get him to the ground. The reason I like Hanato Moicano is is the fact that he is moving up to lightweight here. He's coming off of two straight losses uh, down at uh featherweight including you know a really tough one to jose aldo um so the fact that he lost two in a row at flyweight for a lot of people is a little upsetting but the fact that he is moving up and he seems to sort of be getting a layup here in demir hadzovic you know he's the seventh rate featherweight and he's moving up to lightweight and he's getting not only an unranked guy but an unranked guy who's kind of unheralded so you know i think that this is a safe play at negative 325 he's like the right kind of person to put in a parlay to boost those Johnny Walker odds from being just slightly negative to just slightly positive so that you're getting better than 50% of your money back. So if you are already confident in Walker, or if there's somebody else you're already confident in who's right around the the even money line, use Hanato Moicano to get you over that hump.
3: Boom. That's our fights, dogs, and parlays.
0: Follow us on Twitter at TopTurtleMMA. We'll
3: be tweeting during the show. And we of course would love to hear How our advice did you this weekend? Did we do you dirty? I doubt it. Did we do good for you? I bet we did because we're pretty good at what we do. And, hey, sometimes we have to be our own agents and say it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the segment. I hope you enjoyed the show. Gumby, why don't you wrap things up for us?
0: And that's gonna do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast. We thank you, the fans, for tuning in each and every week. We wanna remind you to check out all the great content at flowcombat.com, the mothership of the show. We also wanna remind you to check out our sponsors, Maroon Social and Battle Clan Gear. Visit BattleClangear.com. Also visit our Twitter at TopTurnal MMA. We got all kinds of cool giveaways and such going on over there. So you're gonna to wanna to make sure you check that out. And speaking of checking things out, we are going to check out right now, I'm Daniel Gumby-Freeland, he's Shockwave Dave Tremante, and we will see you next week.